Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TWI Innovation Network podcast. My name's James Brookman, and I'm just doing a quick introduction to this episode to tell you a little bit about what it's all about. Um, I am literally at the heart of the TWI Innovation Network uh, in Cambridge. Uh, although, of course, we have locations around the world in Greece and in Singapore. Um, here in Cambridge is one of our big research uh, sites and institutes, and I'm actually stood in one of the large engineering halls, which is that sound you can hear going on around me, of the constant engineering and research work that goes on at TWI and across the business. Back to the podcast. In this podcast episode, uh, Chem Salshuk talks to Mark Jacobs, chairman of the Molecular Plasma Group and a member of the TWI Innovation Network. Together, they discussed the scaling up success story of the Molecular Plasma Group during the pandemic and the aspirations that MPG have for their UK operations. They also touch on their academia, various other various other aspects of the business. So we hope you enjoy the episodes. Uh, all that is to come and more. And yeah, here we go. So Mark, good morning and welcome um, to our podcast session. Um, we do this in the TWI Innovation Network and we're, uh, we've done a few now and um, the last one we did was on digitalization of factory environments. Um, and it's, it's great to have you with us. I thought it'd be good to expand on that um, and uh, uh, looking at a scale-up story in the heat of pandemic. Um, because I know you worked on face masks and so the face masks with nanolayer coatings, I, I think this would be a very good topic to talk about. Um, uh, I know of your recent range of machines from uh, all the way to research lab scale to full scale production. So you've basically scaled up a nano um, level activity to a full production, which is very impressive. And uh, I hope we can uh, touch on that a little bit. So, um, uh, the ma- pandemic has thrown in a lot of complications, especially for manufacturing firms, as we see. Production lines halted, facilities remained shut in parts of the world. Um, companies had to develop and work on solutions as part of the COVID-19 response. So MPG was active in this period, as we know. Could you tell us more about your uh, company a little bit, of course, and uh, your nanocoating tech that came to use for disposable face masks? That would be very helpful. Thank you. Well, Jim, first of all, thank you very much for uh, the opportunity uh, for the invitation to uh, to participate in, in, in this podcast. And um, yeah, um, it's been it's been quite a ride the the, the last twelve months. Um, as you know, uh, with, with our technology, we're, we're in um, basically creating uh, organic nano coatings using atmospheric plasma. We were uh, an R. Um, we're focused very much in, on markets of, of adhesive bonding of, of highly inert materials, uh, those types of applications, um, which, frankly, uh, in March, more or less completely collapsed. Yeah, all many of the programs that we were working on with with with, uh, with companies in, in in automotive, in aerospace, in aeronautics, well, you know, those sectors got extremely heavily hit, and 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 so did we. Yeah, it was just as just as simple as that. Um, so yeah, March, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, where is this going to go? 
But then very quickly, um, actually an opportunity came up uh, where um, a friend of mine called me. I said, look, I've been asked by, by the government if I can help out um, with, with making protective gear. And his business is actually a, a haute couture business. So they make suits and, and top end uh, clothes and those types of things. And he said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take rolls of Tyvek from, from Dupont and, and start stitching uh, protective clothes for hospitals. But I'm going to make holes in them by doing that. Can, can you close them with your technology? And like, uh, no, you know, we're not exactly on the same scale. Yeah. Uh, we're on a nanoscale. This is just a little bit bigger. But that, that gave me the idea. I was like, hang on, you know, we're all about doing coatings, organic coatings, functional coatings onto all kinds of substrates. What if we could, um, we could create a virucidal coating? And, and would that be meaningful? Yeah. And so my first protocol actually was my neighbor. It was, uh, it was a nurse in, in, in a pediatric clinic. And I said, you know, I have this crazy idea. Um, would, that, would that be helpful? And she's like, wow, if you can do that, yes, absolutely. And not just now, because it'll be helpful forever, even against the flu and all these types of, of things. And uh, so then I, I reached out to hospital management, various hospitals, and, and the reaction was the same. I said, yeah, if you can do this, please, can we have it now? Uh, uh, no, it's just an idea at this point in time. Um, uh, but that, that gave me the confidence that, yes, there's something there. Um, so then we, we launched a, a proof of concept. Um, and I was, I was desperately looking for, for um, lab capacity to actually validate what we're doing. Because, fine, we can, we can put coding onto something but then you need to test the whole thing and we can do that so in the end um, uh, the luxembourg institute of science and technology luxembourg because that's that's where we're based um, reopened their lab specifically to um, to start working with us and and in in the space of three months we cycled through something like four five hundred different process configurations between chemistry and process conditions and, and substrates and, and and you name it um, demonstrating that, yes, we can do this. We can bring this functionality on a lab scale, which is still miles away from, from anything that makes commercial sense. Um, and to put that in perspective, uh, we on the lab scale, we were treating at speeds of in the order of centimeters per minute. Right? And um, a back of the envelope calculation made, okay, in order to, to, to make sense and have, have bring a solution to market that's, first of all, economically very viable, yeah, not just a high cost thing that, that brings something for a few months and then, then you die, but it's, it's something that, that's sustainable for the long run. We needed to be in, in the tens of meters per minute range. Yeah. Um, so, so once we had that proof of concept, so okay, now how do we get to that, that scale? Um, launched the scale-up program, um, hired a bunch of people. We actually doubled our team in, in during the pandemic, we were we were eight before the pandemic. Right at this moment, we're eighteen. Wow, yeah. that's huge. Um, but with all the issues that come with it, you know, with onboarding with people working remotely, it's well, it's it's a challenge. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, long story short, um, we did manage to scale up, 
we did manage to, uh, in a space of essentially seven months uh, from the end of the proof of concept, uh, we designed, developed, built, manufactured uh, a production platform that can do this, that treats roles of non-woven because that's essentially what we do. We take the roles of non-woven used to manufacture the surgical face mask and we, we, we code those roles, wind them back up, and then you take the coded roles and, and stick them on the mask making machine. And we're talking single use masks here. Yeah. Um, so in, 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 in seven to eight months, we went, uh, we, first of all, we did that together with a partner, a, a local company, hospital actually, who invested themselves in, in, in mask making manufacturing. And uh, together with them, we went through CE certification, the whole lot, all that in, in, in the space of eight months. Um, and right now we're commercial, we're operational. We have two production systems delivered that are up and running with the, a third one going out uh, in, in two weeks. So it's been fun. Absolutely amazing. I mean, um, I think most people uh, will firstly struggle with the technicality of it, but you seem to have overcome that process and under pressure scaled up fully. So what do you think, uh, I mean, this is perhaps a more um, a question on the uh, management side of things, but what does one need in terms of skills, you think, to adapt their business and emerge from such a difficulty? Open mind, first of all, because in a, um, from, from a management perspective, and, and I'd say luckily, not luckily, and we, I've built, we built a very high-performing uh, team that, that, that can follow pivots, that's not afraid of, of uh, jumping on a boat and, and is very goal-oriented and, and just wants to make things happen. And one of my scientists is, has his water bottle and it, and it just says, let's get shit done. Yeah? And, and that's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's that kind of mentality and you know, uh, the team that we have is also driven by, um, we want to make an impact. Yeah? We want to contribute to, 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 to society and everybody's motivated and driven by that. They've all been working, you know, 24-7. It's, it's, been, it's been crazy. That's amazing. Um, so in the context of, uh, I think it's, I mean, nanolayers, you know, um, very high tech, very, um, you know, stuff that you can't see basically, but somehow people are using it for, products like face masks, etc. Uh, when you think about digitalization, which is quite a common term nowadays associated with manufacturing, um, is there, do you think, any part of your um, facility or technology to benefit from this digitalization approach? Um, such as, um, you know, you mentioned trying several configurations at one point uh, to optimize it and then scale it up. Is this the sort of um, area where you see digitalization perhaps giving you some benefits over time? Well, there's many aspects of, of digitalization. If, if, you, if you indeed, if you start on, on the, see the hundreds and hundreds of experiments we did, I mean, they were all not shots in the dark. They were, they were design of experiments. They were, they were you know, designed to, to, to capture a lot of data, to then analyze, um, start to modelize, uh, create models of where to go and, and how to do things. Because 
specifically there in our world where, where it's a combination of, of plasma and chemistry, actually creating models is still very, very difficult uh, because it is this, on the chemical level, there's so many things that happen at the same time. It's, it's, it's way beyond, to put it simply, basic chemistry, yeah? way beyond. Uh, but yes, we're making first steps there and, and, and creating models, uh, using all the data, capture all the data to, to be able to do that. And the, um, the systems we built are, are de facto uh, fully, what do you call it, Industry 4.0, yeah? completely um, to, up to the latest, the latest level of, of um, call it digitization with remote diagnostics, data capture, um, everything, with it, which then allows us, gives us, creates data again for us to learn from and move forward and optimize, um, et cetera. So it's, it's part of our DNA. Uh, it's just as basic as that, essentially. So you were able to uh, find the off-the-shelf uh, uh, components and tools that can help you uh, immediately um, benefit from digital aspects. Did you find anything you needed? Well, th there's so lots of things. To develop uh, in-house. Yeah, say. we 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 are doing a lot of in-house development actually. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, there's the standard packages and stuff that that that, that you buy and on 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 data analytics and and, and all these types of things, modelization. That that's that's relatively straightforward. But uh, but actually, to 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 build these models, we we are we're developing a whole lot of, of, of custom-made analytics. We're partnering with, we have partnered with, with, uh, with the German university on, on starting to build models uh, in, in domains where uh, nobody's ever been before. That's interesting. And is it, um, a, is it um, a one-to-one -one collaboration or is it a European uh, um, program? In this case, it's a one-to-one -one collaboration. Uh, frankly, simply for the sake of speed. Yeah, just because it's faster. I understand. Yeah, it it needed to get done yesterday. Yeah, yeah. But but this is an area where we, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, once the pressure drops a bit, <laughs> immediately, uh, the, these are these are axes of development for sure. Yeah. Mark. Um, I, am, I, I know that you have uh, branched in the UK um, around Brexit, after Brexit. So I would see it as a real commitment to your uh, interest, continued interest and collaboration. Uh, what are the aspirations for MPG UK, um, considering the collaborative space uh, and innovation um, uh, platforms that you can po possibly access in the UK? Well, your your, your uh, observation is absolutely correct, and we we created um, MPG UK to make sure we have a we have a foot in the UK post Brexit, and and we can can uh, develop our business there in, in a in a pragmatic and and, and constructive way, because um, where's our the, the two main three main pillars of our business are on the one hand. Uh, and I call that broadly industry uh, type applications. I mentioned it before, uh, automotive, aerospace, uh, composite world, um, where there's, there's quite a lot of, of stuff going on in the UK at TWI, innovation centers, etc. And that is clearly one focus area where we want to 
uh, where we have a major commitment and where we can absolutely bring uh, tremendous value. One. The, the second one is um, everything around healthcare. Yeah. So because we, when, I, when we talked about the masks, that's just, just one little pillar or one little element in, in, in the healthcare sector, but it's much, much, much broader than that, what we can do. And I'd like to, to expand on that a bit because, um, again, the fundamentals of the technology is that we can fix organic chemistry uh, on, onto any surface, organic molecules onto any surface in a dry, solvent-free, instantaneous process. Yeah? Um, and, that, and that expands to antibodies, enzymes, all those types of things, which opens up huge potential in, in, in the life science healthcare market, in which the UK is a very important player. Yeah? Uh, it's, it's that simple. Yeah? So for us, that, that's pillar number two. Um, we are our our main foot in that field today is around the, the ecosystem in Belgium around the University of Leuven, um, which is because Flanders is, is quite a big yeah, uh, important player in, in in the healthcare sector, and the UK is not a really big one, so that's that's just makes total sense. Yeah. Um, and the third one is. Uh, actually, the, the RTO and university space, so research and, and uh, university space, where uh, because our technology is so novel and, and can enable so many new opportunities, new solutions, etc., but it's still very early on, uh, we've, um, we're actively establishing partnerships with research organizations, with universities, to have uh, where we basically we, we enable, say, a broad range of, or, or a huge number of very bright minds to, to start to work with our technology, uh, imagine things they could do with it, and then, then go for it. And it really goes from fundamental research, then all the way up to yeah, um, commercial application, industrial scale-ups. So to, in that respect, we already have quite a few systems and in various universities uh, around Europe and research centra. Um, and it's a clear focus for us to do to have that same in, in, in the UK, uh, working with you guys, huh, obviously, uh, working with TWI and some of the innovation centers at TWI, but not only uh, we have, uh, as an example, we have a, a, uh, a student from a very reputable uh, UK uh, engineering university coming to do an internship this summer. Uh, to basically spend two months with us, evaluate the technology for the university and yeah. to, to kind of see what they can do with it. And then as a next step, um, then we can take next steps from there. So, the, the, you know, there was an Erasmus program uh, for many years, which helped students to cross the border and um, experience, the, you know, a couple of months or a, a term or a year. Um, in another country in Europe, um, in a relevant department, university. Um, uh, I don't know if your internship uh, it was perhaps maybe the last bit of Erasmus, or but there is a new scheme now, the the Turing uh, scheme, similarly in the UK, and the, the anticipation is that the students can still um, reach out to these 
institutions and have an experience, like you said, you know, two or three months um, working in the facility and uh, coming back to finish their studies, etc. So I hope there will be a similar um, process like that, uh, where you can uh, benefit from the uh, knowledge space and the bright minds. Um, you mentioned the universities and RTOs. Uh, I think, I, I guess your your range of equipments are quite suitable for that because my recollection is that you had a, a very, um, uh, I, I would say, univer fit for university scale uh, kit that uh, can be used for research purposes, mm -hmm. right, for PhDs or looking at the chemistry and the, uh, the science behind it, but also for those that want to look at prototypes, you know, uh, coating uh, X material, uh, Y components, you have uh, a larger scale, a bit more automated uh, kits. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the how the, the, the differences or the, let's say, the, the easiness of use for a university um, or an RTO, perhaps the range of kit that you have uh, in this field, which hopefully uh, will help others to a little bit explore and 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 use for development. Sure. Um, so we we have we have as you mentioned lab equipment R and D equipment um, which which is uh, which we use internally for, for application development with customers um, and which we also provide as, as, as a product, yeah, as, as a tool to, to universities or uh, R&D organizations, R&D groups of, of, of larger organizations that, that want to do a whole lot of internal development work. So there's a, this, we need, well, a bit difficult to describe, but basically we have one, one plasma reactor, which is like, like a torch, if you want, uh, which can treat uh, roughly uh, the treated area uh, is roughly one square centimeter, give or take. And then you can scan the surface and, 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 and do all kinds of, of uh, different substrates with it. You can, you can do also 3D substrate. If you, put, if you put that torch on a robot, you can do more complex things. It depends a bit, but it's a small surface, uh, entry level type stuff, which is usually that's what we use and what uh, universities use um, for initial application functionality development. Um, from there, if you want to um, scale to uh, larger surfaces or roll-to-roll -roll type applications or sheet applications or, or something like that, uh, then we have um, uh, plasma reactors uh, today uh, up to 40 centimeter linear homogeneous coating systems under which you can then in, um, put whichever flat material or yarns, for instance, you can do that too. It doesn't have to be uh, a sheet or a film. It can be yarns, it can be all, all those types of, I would call it roll-to-roll -roll or large sheet type uh, substrates. That's what you would use. And if I go back to the mask, for instance, we did the original development using what we call the plasma spot, which is this torch-like thing on mm -hmm. small substrates to, to quickly cycle and make many samples and, and, uh, and learn. Then you scale it up to the larger head um, to, to move forward. That said, uh, we have several customers, uh, research organizations that jump straight to the, to the head because say, everything we do is on, is on flat substrate. So let's go straight to that 
as well. So it depends a bit on, on, on what you'd like to do. Um, and then, then from there, um, we based on the same modules, actually, based on either that, that plasma spot or on, the, on that plasma line, as we call it, uh, we use that same core, the same reactor heads, uh, which we then um, scale up into more uh, production-style uh, environments with, with, with all the bits and pieces around it that you need to, to have reliable production. But the core remains the same. So the platform that, that you did your development on will be the same platform that you're going to use to scale up to, to, to a larger scale industrial production. And then you just put that core into um, whatever, whatever the, the mechanics is that you need for your specific application. It can be a robot, can be a whatever. Yeah. And then on so the it's linear... It's flexible, quite yeah, flexible too. It's, yeah. it's extremely flexible. Um, and we, we, can, we can make... On the, on the plasma line side, we can make heads of different lengths. We can go up to two meters, for instance, if that makes sense for the application. Mm. But the basis always remains the same. Um, one of the, when you think about research or yeah, development of stuff, one of the uh, important parameters for, for that type of environment is that you can do a lot of experiments quickly. Right? So, when, and one of the, the really main advantages of, of our technology is that you can, you can go from one experiment configuration to the next in, in, in a few minutes. Yeah? You can change chemistries, you can do anything in a few minutes. And, and, and that way you can do you know, 50 different experimental configurations in a day is, is, is pretty standard. That's very advantageous when uh, you're trying to speed up the development process. So I think um, it will make sense to use in uh, uh, perhaps even uh, high TRL uh, innovation projects where you're trying to get to the marketplace quickly absolutely and, and try out as fast as possible and and focus on validation so that's that's very good uh, mark you mentioned obviously uk's you know certain sectors that are uh, quite prominent so when you if we think about mpg uk uh, is there any plan or a particular sector that you would like to focus on bringing this technology to uh, to use your, your first uh, choice of uh, uh, basically industry sector? If I look at it today, yeah, and um, a year ago, my answer would have probably been different, but the, uh, or would have been different. Um, a year ago, I would, I would have said it, it's, it's aerospace and, and advanced composites in, in that sector. Mm -hmm. I think today that's still going to be very slow for, for, for quite a while to come. Yeah. Uh, there will be some niche things in there, but uh, the, anything in there would, I would suspect today would be more on the fundamental research side mm -hmm. rather than on, on the application development side, just simply because of the state of the industry and the expectations for the next couple of years. Um, automotive is what we see is picking up nicely. So mm -hmm. on, in our customer base, we see, we see a, a very big pickup and, and, and uh, it's on the move again. Um, um, and then the other two sectors, which, which I, I mentioned. So we're really working on the three pillars at the same time without, without specifically saying only this, only that, or only that. It's, it's really the healthcare, um, life science, medical devices. I call it healthcare in, in, in the largest sense of the word. Yeah. And the, the university innovation center, RTLs types, environments. On, on the, uh, to give you an idea of how important this, this, the innovation side for us is, is 
um, in the middle of the pandemic, yeah, uh, we we uh, decided um, that we would dedicate uh, an R&D director specifically to developing our relationships with 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 the innovation world across Europe. And, and that's his focus and to make that happen. That's a good commitment. Um, so um, in terms of locations in the UK, any particular spots that you've seen uh, perhaps good to be based in uh, or a start off with um, MPG UK? Because there are often regional incentives uh, in the UK for developing certain areas, certain regions, bringing up to speed and, and, and uh, innovation level with the uh, other areas that have probably benefited a lot more over the years. Uh, you know, London and its neighboring areas are often uh, quite in a good state, but um, there there is a focus, there has been a focus on certain regions, uh, dedicated programs. Is that something that you consider in your approach in the UK? Do you want to be placed in an area where there is some regional um, perhaps support in, um, in in taking some of these uh, to um, uh, fruition? It is something we started looking at. Uh, uh, to be honest, we, we, we created the legal entity initially from uh, in, in a way that was administratively easy, uh, just, just to get it done and, and be there. Uh, and we're now entering this 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 process of okay, where should we really be in the UK? What makes sense for us? Uh, and it's going to be a multifaceted approach because yeah. in in the end, um, it's going to be whatever makes business sense. And I I, I can't give any more details on that right okay. now because we haven't yes. properly done the exercise yet. I understand. So you think the the setting in the UK uh, could be influential for your activities for business growth and new partnerships? I think it does, uh, and, and as, again, I think there are there are multiple aspects to it. So there will, you know, which industries are where, which are the incentives, but also how accessible is it in yeah. terms of customers getting to us, and, and uh, how close or how far is it from from I would always call it critical support infrastructure, uh, which which could be availability of certain analytics support and and etc. Because if if I look at uh, what we do in, in Luxembourg. So we do the coating, etc. But with these super advanced things we do, we, we regularly need access to, to, to very, very advanced uh, surface characterization uh, technology. Yes. Which we, we can't afford. Yeah? So that, that's subcontracted. Then we, we, we're actually uh, 10 minutes away from a lab that has everything you could, you can, you could wish for that. And that, that's often very helpful as an example. Yes, yes, that's right. The the inspection tools and microscopes, I guess, that are heavily used. Um, no, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, so, Mark, thank you really for um, uh, giving us this insight. Um, for those that have uh, listened or are listening, uh, Molecular Plasma Group um, uh, has been active for, for quite a few years now. Uh, and Mark Jacobs is the chairman. And... Uh, originally a Luxembourg-based company, but as you uh, heard, um, uh, they have uh, really responded during the COVID pan pandemic and also um, grown in size plus branched out uh, in the UK. So it's a fascinating story as far as we can see. A a MPG obviously are members of the TWI Innovation Network and we'd be very keen to uh, 
follow this journey with them. And I hope that your um, uh, range of equipments can find home in, in a few locations in the UK. Um, and, and hopefully that will open many people's eyes to what can be achieved. Thank you, Jim. That's exactly our, our aim. We want to have a few systems out there as quickly as possible because our experience is the minute people start tasting it and start really understanding what it can do, it's, it's like a light bulb moment. And then, then <laughs> stuff starts happening. Uh, so yes, that's absolutely the plan. Um, and I'd like to thank you very much for, for the opportunity to, um, uh, to be part of this podcast and talk about us. Very much appreciate it. Right, and with that, we come to the end of the episode. Thank you very much to Mark Jacobs, Chairman of the Molecular Plasma Group, for joining us. Uh, to find out more about them, I will provide a link to their website in the podcast description, where you can also find a link to the TMI Innovation Network uh, website as well. If you'd like to engage with us on social media, you can always do so, where you can find the Innovation Network on LinkedIn, um, connect with us there, or you can also find us on Twitter as well. We really love to hear from everyone who reaches out to us. It's always great to have your feedback. Um, and if you like this podcast, please make sure to leave a review, give us some star ratings. It really helps us out and can do a world of good in sharing not just uh, the podcast, but sharing the network and our members as well and all their great success stories. So once again, thank you to you for listening. And uh, here's a little bit of a bonus uh, podcast content for those of you who have stuck with us through and through. Anyway, thanks again and enjoy the rest of your day, week, your month. <laughs> and we look forward to having you back on the podcast soon. I think you've really achieved a lot in a short space of time, uh, you know, as a uh, an SME, you know, um, expanding and, and in a very high-tech environment as well. It's not easy to grow and, and commercialize stuff in those areas. So I think it's a real success story. Hopefully this will set the scene for um, other activities in the UK. I think, um, uh, you know, I'm sure there will be, there will be, um, uh, there'll be facilities with the kits uh, that you offer. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure as well. I, I think that, Part of the, the challenges we've had in the UK so far is that we didn't—it was we didn't actually come with here's a solution we, we've already yeah that you can start applying because uh, yeah uh, very very often what what I encounter is okay, what's the solution you think well no I have an enabling technology let's see how we can help you like what what are you talking about <laughs> yeah. that that said um, we are we are getting. More and more traction, actually, in, in, in the in the call it the, the, the healthcare sector, in spin-offs from Cambridge and and, um, and Oxford. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the the university I mentioned, where we have the student coming, it's Imperial. Okay, very good. Yeah, I, d I didn't wasn't sure whether I could mention it, and, and I didn't want to. Sure. Yeah. TWI is not Imperial, so I didn't want to mention it. So. that's a great uh, university to. Um, uh, access to a studentship. It's a great. Uh, it's it's the 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 the, um, uh, the guy because I think the, the person who is in, in the adhesive society is Imperial, right? Who runs that show? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, that's right. 
Okay, the student works for that same person. Okay. 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 That, that that's active in the adhesive uh, and, and adhesion and adhesive society. Society. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think there's that's a link important there. information for you. I can make that connection because so he's um, he's uh, intrigued by the technology. Initially, hadn't understood it. Yeah. And it's actually the student that 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 I know because it's a friend of my daughter. Yeah. And, okay. And she, She's an engineering, she's a German engineering student at, at Imperial. Uh, and her father is one of the top people at Volkswagen. So, yeah. And, uh, and, and she's like, wow, I wanna, can I come and do this? She actually wanted to come last summer, but hey, yeah. That, that had to, uh, and, and then, then um, she's intrigued by the technology. So she promoted it internally at Imperial and, and it's getting traction. And now I think, okay, yeah. you go there over summer. You do a complete evaluation, essentially, of what the stuff can do. We'll run a whole bunch of experiments, and then we'll see what we can do with it afterwards. Yeah, that's great. So I those are things we, I, we've I, done that with other universities. Yeah. And that's also something that might be interesting from a DWI perspective for someone to, to do something like that. Yeah? yeah, get stuff rolling. Yeah, I think those universities like Imperial, uh, Oxford, Cambridge, they tend to align a, a early stage research funding, EPSRC, typically, mm -hmm. uh, to invest and explore these uh, studies, which makes it quite flexible for them. You know, there's hardly any pressure in an EPSRC study, apart from the fact that you do your job over three, four years with good full scientific work um, compared with a, a two-year industrial European program where there's pressures from all angles, you know. And I think, I guess, for your entry uh, into university market, those institutions that are uh, working very closely with EPSRC will probably be, could probably be the first takers because mm -hmm. uh, comes uh, with EPSRC funding comes the uh, equipment uh, funds as well, you know? So they can really invest in it. Um, it's, I'm not surprised that the students from Imperial, um, but it's great. Let's 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 see how what can be possible. I think uh, I, I think with the range of equipments you have uh, and the visibility, some industrial companies may want to just uh, you know have a go at it with you anyway. Mm -hmm. So we we are now. I think the, the big difference between now and a year ago is that a year a year ago we were you know doing all kinds of proof of concept and working towards something that was going to go to market at some time. Yeah. Now we're in the market. Yeah, that's with, right. with, with something real, with something that's highly cost effective, because just to give you an idea to, to, to code these, yeah, the, the rails, the rails, the extra cost is half a cent, yeah, 5p, yeah, now what am I saying, 0.5, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's it, yeah, so, so, so essentially for the price of, okay, even if you triple that or quadruple that, yeah, uh, on on you know, at the point of sales, yeah, that's still for the price of a cup of coffee. You get you get virus idle protection for the next two months. No, it's a good. Uh, I mean, good really, you know, no brainer, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and this is one one other thing before I forget. Um, uh, true, true, customers in in Germany in, in this in this field, yeah, the masks. Mm -hmm. uh, there's quite a few entrepreneurs in Germany, uh, Turkish entrepreneurial uh, ecosystem in, in Germany, 
yeah. in the field, having invested in this and having links back to yeah, to Turkey, obviously to the non-woven sector in, in, in Turkey. Uh, so that is something that right now I'd like to also try and reach out to uh, yeah. practically. If you have any ideas there, that, that would be... Uh, yeah, I think there could be a uh, textile industry is quite active in Turkey. And I think uh, they are, uh, they have always uh, aspired to play with nano stuff but whether or not they've achieved in uh, actual coatings and in, in industry level i'm not so sure but i think there's a lot of uh, interest in that so we can look into that we can talk about it for sure yeah, yeah. this this is something now we, we actually have a solution by the end of the year we'll have a, a 1.6 meter wide system yeah that can really let's say run upstream because right now what we do is we just take the small rails that are yeah you know this why do we take two of them together run it through yeah but that's fine and those systems are sold to people that actually make the masks and that have substantial mask making capacity because it's quite funny to see how, how many entrepreneurs popped up uh, yeah. doing that. Um, and, and, and for them now, it's also a differentiator versus import from Asia. Right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and at, at virtually zero cost, yeah, they, they can really have a competitive advantage. Um, so that's kind of the driver or one of the drivers. But by the end of the year, we'll be able to go upscale to the non upstream to the non-woven guys with, with larger systems. Yeah. Yeah. Automotive interiors, even, you know, I mean, there's you can think of yeah. many things. One, one, of, one of our customers, uh, when he has an automotive interior plant in the UK, it's, it's actually their core business is automotive interiors. Yeah. And they could benefit from this sort of protective coating in the COVID environment. I mean, that, that would be a good one, definitely. There's all kinds of things in there. Mark, That's thank you very much. Um, I'll be in touch anyway with you. So uh, thanks very much for joining us today.